So, ladies and gents, if you would, grab your Bibles. Whoa, that turned on right there, didn't it? And uh, turn to the third chapter of Amos. We're going to read the entire chapter. If you do not have a Bible with you or a phone, uh, there is a scripture on the bulletin that you can read from. And uh, if you need another source, I actually don't know what the third source would be. Typically, we would have our own Bibles here for you to use, but with COVID, we've kind of changed that a little bit. Uh, so, there you go. Oh, I know the third source. It's going to appear behind me. I knew there was a third source somewhere. <laughs> so, and through the magic of Charlie's fingers, that's going to be operated without me having to use my remote so I can read from my Bible. Correct, sir? Thank you ever so much. You are wonderful at that, bud. You're kicking booty at it. So, this is what the word of the Lord says, starting in verse 1 and reading through the end of the chapter. Hear this word, people of Israel. The word of the Lord, the word the Lord has spoken against you, against the whole family I brought up out of Egypt. You only have I chosen, of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your sins. Do not walk together, or do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so. Does a lion roar in the thicket when it has no prey? Uh, does it growl in its den when it has caught nothing? Does a bird swoop down to a trap on the ground when no bait is there? Does a trap spring up from the ground if it has not caught anything? When a trumpet sounds in the city, do not the people tremble? When disaster comes to a city, has not the Lord caused it? Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servant, the servants, the prophets. The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken. Who cannot prophesy? Proclaim to the fortresses of Ashton and to the fortresses of Egypt. Assemble yourselves on the mountains of Samaria. So see the great unrest within her and the oppression among her people. They do not know how to do right, declares the Lord who store up in their fortresses what they have plundered and looted. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. An enemy will overrun your land, pull down your strongholds, and plunder your fortresses. This is what the Lord says. As a shepherd rescues from the lion's mouth only two leg bones or a piece of an ear, so will the Israelites living in Samaria be rescued. Will, with only the head of a bed uh, and a piece of fabric from a couch. Hear this and testify against the descendants of Jacob, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty, or Lord God Almighty. One day I will punish Israel for her sins. I will destroy the altars of Bethel. The horns of the altar will be cut off and fall to the ground. I will tear down the winter house along with the summer house. The houses adorned with ivory will be destroyed and the mansions will be demolished. So I'm going to show you a video that, truthfully, I find very disturbing. Um, it's church appropriate. It's just disturbing because it's a real world thing. Um, and it's this. That's a two-year-old who is smoking. And if you watch his behavior with it, when it says he smokes 40 cigarettes a day, you can tell it. He knows how to handle that cigarette. This is is not a four-year-old where this is, or two-year-old, where this is his first time. Uh, this is in Indonesia where there's actually a pretty large problem with uh, childhood smoking. Uh, he's not the only video of a two-year-old smoking uh, cigarettes. 
this child, uh, we know the story from his parents on it, that uh, the way it happened was teenagers would take uh, cigarette butts that they found and light them and then give them to the child and he began to get addicted to it. And the father says he just simply cannot say no to his child. Now, lest you think, oh, that's another culture, they're just not doing, not doing good parenting here. There's examples of uh, parents not being able to say no to their children all throughout the world. If you just look in our own world, you're going to see parents who use uh, electronics in a way that's not good. And, and do not hear me trying to put guilt on you for saying, oh, you're watching too much electronics. There are times and places, okay? I love uh, my electronics. They enable me to do certain things. We have friends that are watching the video right now because they cannot be here. And that happens because of the electronics. Some of them are going to be using cell phones. Some of them are going to be using tablets. Some of them are going to be using computers and TVs. I am thankful for that, okay? God has given us that. But then there are times where people who love others should say no. And for one reason or not, they can't. You may want to talk to your dentist about the number of children that, that come to, to, to him or her and uh, have rotten teeth because parents couldn't say no about sodas and other things. See, sometimes people think good parenting is saying, I just want to give my kids what they want. But what we all know is that good parenting always involves saying no at the right time. Now, please hear that, that last phrase, okay? It's not the no that's being a good parent. Anybody can say no. It's saying it at the right time. We use the word discipline for that. But so often, what happens is discipline is turned into an excuse to be a jerk because there are just parents who lash out at their kids. They may not be abusive in a physical way, but they get irritated because their day's been bad and they lash out at their kids. That has nothing to do with discipline. That has to do with you having a need to blow off steam and your kids being the target of that. Discipline, well, it comes from the word that if you were raised in church, you're familiar with. It's disciple. What does it mean to be a disciple? Somebody, what's the word disciple mean? Oh, yeah, that's it. Simple. Okay, or student. You, you are discipled by somebody else by following them. And I, I prefer the word follower one. Uh, student is as accurate a translation. The reason I prefer the word follower is there is tradition of certain Jewish disciples following their rabbis with the mindset of the dust that was stirred up from their rabbis' feet falling on them. They wanted to follow that close. There's one tradition in particular, it's a little gross, but I, I find it interesting, where disciples would follow their, their rabbi when he went to the bathroom in case possibly he said some prayer there that they could hear about. I would suggest he needs more fiber if, he, if he's needing to pray when he goes to the bathroom. <laughs> but the mindset was, I want to be like this person. And the way I'm like this person is I follow them and I see how they live out life. That's where the word discipline comes from. The mindset of discipline is helping a child to grow up to be a great adult. Discipline is not punishment. Discipline is shaping. Sometimes punishment's a part of it. And the reason I bring this up is because, well, that scripture, did it sound rough to anybody else? I mean, God basically says, 
I am going to smack you down. But he says that because of who he says they are. Here, there's, the word therefore pops up a lot in the scripture. Matter of fact, when, uh, when I was testing my PowerPoint, Clancy's is like, I pick up on a theme here. Because there's a lot of therefores in this, this passage, if you saw. Here's, here's one of them, okay? You only have I chosen of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your sins. Now, this is an old youth minister trick. But whenever you see the word therefore, you always look back to see what it's there for. And here's what's connecting right here. I will punish you for all your sins. And it tells us the reason why. What's the reason? Because he has chosen them. He has chosen them, and therefore, he's going to punish them for their sins. Why? Because he knows those sins are destructive to, him, to them. Yes, what? I read the NASB. Uh, I love the fact you're calling it the NASB. <laughs> <laughs> um, but an alternate translation for the word punish is actually visit. Ooh. Um, and I did not look at the, the New American Standard this week. Yeah. Um, I like that. Because that definitely fits with this. Uh, did you guys hear that? That an alternate definition for the word punish here is visit. Now, what, part of what I like about that is, if you ever really ticked off somebody and you knew you ticked them off, so like I was hunting on Eric's property yesterday. Hunting may be a loose term for what I was doing. Um, I, I, I finished the book, and I never know how to pronounce this. It's my favorite of C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy. It's the second book. I always want to pronounce it Perilandra. Uh, it's P-E-R-E-L-A-N-D-R-A. Perilandra? Yes. I said it right? Yes. <laughs> right. We need to celebrate that for just a second. Okay. <laughs> so, thank you. So I was reading that. That's not the best thing to do when you're hunting. And I got a chaplain phone call while I was doing that. So I got up. But let's say that while I was at his house, I wasn't paying attention at all. And I thought, I wonder what it'd be like if I shot over there. And over there was at his house, and I shot his, his uh, truck that he just got for a plow truck. And I shot it in the engine block. You're kidding, right? No, I did not. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're saying what if. Imagine what I would be feeling tonight when Eric gets back home. That's why I love that word visit there. Because for me, it makes me picture the times where I knew I did something wrong. And oh my gosh, mom's coming home. Oh. Yes, Eric. It's like a visit to the principal's office. That's a good one too. Yeah, it's like a visit to the principal. I like that. Thank you for sharing that one. Here's the other thing that I want to point out. That word chosen. Now, I'm not real big on saying the Greek or the Hebrew here is this because... Well, so one, my Greek professor was one of the original translators for the NIV. Uh, he knows more Greek than I do, so when he translated this word this way, it's a really good translation. Uh, but there are times where the translation is correct, but there's other meanings there. So if you know uh, a foreign language, if you're studying through Duolingo right now, you know that there's never a point-blank literal translation because, well... Our, our languages are a part of different cultures. So a word may mean one thing in a literal sense, but culturally it means much more. This word chosen right here, the Hebrew word for it is yada. It also mean, means no. 
You'll actually see it quite often if you've ever uh, read the King James Bible when it talks about a, a, a marital couple being in relations and say they knew each other. Uh, often it's the same word here. God is saying, you only have I known. And it's being translated chosen, which is correct because he's choosing. But he's not choosing in a lottery sense of, I just got you. I, I reached my hand in there. He's saying, Jan, I knew who you were. And I was like, this is who I want to be mine. And I chose you because I knew you. And therefore, he then starts to say all of the statements about punishing their sin. There's another therefore that happens here. He says this, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. An enemy will overrun the land. He will pull you down, pull down your strongholds and plunder your fortresses. He's saying, I'm going to do all this because of what I said beforehand. It, to summarize this a little bit, it's like this. You alone have I known. Therefore, I will discipline you. Therefore, your old life will disappear. God is doing this punishment here, not because he hates Israel, but exactly the opposite. Because he loves Israel, they are his, they alone has he, know, or have, has he known, and he is saying, you can no longer be this person who doesn't live in justice. You can no longer be this person who does these terribly destructive things to yourself and to others because I know who you are, and you are my beloved. See, his discipline here doesn't come out of a desire to hurt. It comes out of a desire to help. And it's so important, not just for Israel to know that, but for us to know that now. Because often we hear God's hatred of sin, and he does hate sin. He hates sin, not just because it is destructive to what he has created, but because it's destructive to us. It hurts us. And God is hurt by what hurts those who were created in his image. He cannot look at sin. He does not want to look at sin because he knows what it costs to redeem us from it. He, he does not want to look at sin because he knows what it did to this world. In the creation story, Adam and Eve walked with God. They spent the afternoons walking with God. They spent the mornings walking with God. They were in proper relationship with God. They were in proper relationship with each other. And they were in proper relationship with creation. And our selfishness destroyed them. We went to blaming God. We went to blaming each other. We went to, to trying to have power over uh, the creation. We were called to be stewards. We were called to be, be uh, part of one another in our lives where we walk side by side. We were called to be in perfect relationship with him and our sin destroyed that and continues to destroy that. It's not just the fact that, that Adam and Eve sinned back then. Our sin now still breaks our relationships with one another. It still breaks our relationships with creation. And it still breaks our relationship with him. Just like Adam and Eve, we still hide. We go off and hide from the God who knows us. Because we believe the lie that his discipline will be there to hurt us rather than restore us. 
Do you know the creation story? When Adam and Eve choose their own selfish ways, they, they trust their own thought, they become their own gods, rather than listening to the one who said, do not eat this, because when you eat this, you will surely die. Okay, again, hear the, the phrase there. He's warning them, this will cause death for you. He's not saying, I'm going to kill you. There's a big difference there. When they realize that they are not wearing clothes, that they are nude, they go off and hide. And what scripture records, now, the term we would use for this is they, that scripture anthropomorphizes God here. It makes him, him like a human, okay? Uh, God is more than that. God is spirit. Uh, but it's trying to describe how God feels about this. And he calls out for Adam and Eve, wondering where they are. The God who knows them calls out, wondering where they are. I often think, why would God do that? Most people speculate he was doing it as, as an attempt for them to be able to respond with, I messed up. Who knows how that would have happened, but our sin was still destructive, and so they continued to hide. See, Scripture talks about this again and again throughout the Bible, of, of, of discipline is a good thing, because one of the worst things you can do for somebody is to say yes to everything all the time. That kid's parents, as much as they love that kid, they have hurt that kid. I couldn't show these videos. If you saw the sound, uh, or if you noticed the sound was off in the video, it's because apparently this child was cussing up a storm. I, I do not speak his language, so I can't say that for a fact. But I thought, in this room, with as talented as you people are, there's a really good chance somebody here might speak the language that he speaks and uh, might know. He may have been saying the most vulgar things ever, but uh, this child's parents, who was smoking uh, 40 cigarettes a day and apparently cussing like a, a little two-year-old sailor, I'm sure his parents thought they were you know, being nice to him. Instead of treating their child with hatred, See, scripture talks again and again that, that a good parent, a good person in authority, discipline is a part of that. Here, here's one example of this. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces harvest, a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained. Here, this is from uh, 2 Samuel. This is actually God talking to David about his son Solomon. He says the following, The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure before me, uh, forever before me. Your throne will be established. He's saying this about, about Solomon 
to David. And he's saying, I will punish him when he goes wrong. But I'll always love him. See, that's a part of this. And I love, if you look later on in this chapter, this is how David responds. What more can David say to you? For you know your servant, O sovereign Lord. Anybody want to take a wild guess what that word know there is? It's you know, it's the same thing. See, when you're chosen by God, sometimes discipline happens. It does. But it comes out of love. And when we read of what Amos is saying on behalf of God to the people of Israel, it is a statement of love. What you're doing is destructive. And if you read the book of Amos, and I would encourage you to do it, it'll take you about 30 minutes or so, um, depending on, on how fast a reader you are. For some of you, it'll be a little faster. For some of you, it'll be a little slower. But if you read it, they were doing some terrible things. Now, we are not a church that focuses on the church calendar, but does anybody know what today is on the church calendar? It has a name. Okay, I thought not. I mean, we're a Baptist church. You know, we, don't, we participate in the church calendar twice a year, typically during Advent and Advent Lent. Uh, today is the last Sunday of what would be referred to as ordinary time. Some of you were raised in, um, in a liturgical church. And so you have ordinary time in between these special seasons. This is the last season, because, or last Sunday of ordinary time because Advent starts next week. And the last Sunday of ordinary time for the year is referred to as Christ the King Sunday. The reason it's referred to as Christ the King Sunday is because... Uh, Pope Pius, and I'm not Catholic, uh, but Pope Pius saw the beginning of nationalism, specifically in Germany. This was in 1926. And he saw that, that nationalism was beginning to just well up, and he was worried about the combination of people uh, taking the religious symbology, symbology, there we go, um, and placing it on values that were not of the faith. Which is incredibly dangerous. We, we often in the church world refer to this as a national religion. Where what happens is the religion becomes about the nation. It may, it may be baptized with Christian uh, symbols, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's not the Jesus who challenged the powers that be. It's the Jesus who stands up for the powers you like. That becomes the national religion. And Pope Pius saw this beginning to happen, and he wanted um, all the churches that he leads to focus on saying, no, 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 we cannot bow down to that Caesar because Christ is the king. See, when we bow down to these other Caesars, we may use Christian terminology for things, but we focus on things that are sinful. We focus on powers that are focused on our own selfishness our own, own desire to consume, instead of looking at the least of these and saying, well, that could be Jesus. That's what Matthew 25 says, is that whenever we do something for the least of these, we did this for him. Christ the King is supposed to point us back to, we follow the sovereign Lord, and therefore we love the things that he loves. And when we veer off of that, because he's chosen us, because he knows us, he's going to punish us. And that punishment is to bring us back into line with what he loves and what is good for us. See, we need his discipline. We may not like it, but we need it. 
I saw this photo this week when I was looking through things. Why it made me happy? Because I really like the song, It's Cruel to Be Kind. Um, for some of y'all, like, I have no idea what that song is, but for my generation, uh, right now, I'm thinking, it's cruel to be kind in the right measure. The other thing I really like about this is her hands are really big. <laughs> like, like, really. Really big. Really big. Here. I don't know if you noticed it there, but now you can't look at anything else, can you? <laughs> See, I think so often we think of God like this, of he's just designed to hurt us. Rather than realizing he's designed to love us. Actually, he's not designed at all. He was the one who was not created. When you begin to feel his discipline, it doesn't mean that it will be enjoyable. But it is good. It's good because it wants to bring you to life. He is the parent who takes care of the children in a way that causes them to grow up to be who they're supposed to be. The good, good parent who says no when it's necessary and says yes as often as he possibly can. So before I end us, does anybody have anything to add? Question. Yes, ma'am, Does the A stand for awesome? Oh, no, I wish. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I may have, we may have, some of us may have had this discussion. I would not normally wear a Christmas sweater this early. Yeah. It really bothers me when we start celebrating Christmas before Thanksgiving. Um, not for any truthfully religious way, because Thanksgiving is not a religious holiday. It's a right. secular holiday, right. okay? Right. It is our most religious secular holiday. But Thanksgiving is not a Christian holiday. It's, it's a U.S. holiday that points us to be thankful, which I think is what we as Christians, if we lived our life of gratitude, um, we would be constantly pointed towards God because gratitude is always saying, this is a gift and I receive it. But, yeah, but speaking of gifts, therefore, my birth, therefore, <laughs> you know me. <laughs> my birthday was this past week. Oh, and this was one of my gifts. Oh, it is awesome. a Alabama ugly Christmas sweater. And even better than that, because my wife knows me, it's yada. a... Huh? Yada. Yada. <laughs> the dog. Whatever. Um, yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> because my wife, the dog, um, is not just an Alabama ugly Christmas sweater. It's a... Oh, excuse me. Ugly... Christmas sweater. It's an ugly Christmas sweater vest. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to wear it. I'm not going to wear it. I was like, it'll probably be low attendance today because it's hunting season. I'm wearing it. <laughs> I so, thought it was Alabama. It's Alabama. University awesome. of Alabama. So, which I did not go to. I went to the University of South Alabama. Oh. University of Alabama won yesterday at the University of South Alabama lost yesterday. It's his middle initial. Yes, it is my middle is initial it, also. Is it Adam. 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 Anybody else have something on the message? <laughs> I think we we incorporated therefore ingredients. <laughs> Anybody else? Okay. Then here's what I want you to get out of this. It's it's not the discipline, but that's important. I think the thing that we need to know the most in life is that we are loved. 
think it's one of the most important things. I also think it's one of the most life-changing things. When we really know that we are loved by God, we're not going to put up with these pathetic lives that we love anymore. We're loved by the king and creator of the universe. We were meant for something more. We were meant for a life where we were in line with creation. That's an important thing, okay? We do a lot of sins against creation because of the broken nature of, of the fall. We were meant to be in love with one another. That's an important thing. We do a lot of sins against those who bear the image of God because of the fall and our selfishness that results. And we were meant to be in perfect relationship with God. That's what we were created for. That's what we are heading towards. So why not try to live as much as we can in that now? You are loved. Even when you feel his discipline, you are chosen. You are known. Leave here and live in that. On the week of Thanksgiving, live in that. So would you join with me in singing our closing prayer? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise I'll go through next Sunday. I'll probably go out today and another time or two uh, during the, the week. Because it's not so much that I, I like venison. I do like, I like venison. Pam and the boys don't. But we need to kill deer. There, there's, oh, there's so many of them. That sounds so cool. We need to kill deer. They're the most destructive thing in, in the, the Wisconsin environment. No. <laughs> no. No, I did not. I didn't know what the population was right now. Well, it depends on who you talk to. A lot of hunters want them to be everywhere um, because they want them to be easy to kill. But the, the reality is, like, you talk to farmers, you talk to insurance companies, uh, you talk to DNR, DNR agents. They're just, they're terrible. They're rats with antlers. Well, my, my uh, granddaughter and her two brothers are hunting. She's, she's the one in Montana, yeah. and one of her brothers, Tyler, is in Nevada now. And then oh. Jeffrey is... Because I know we're in the United Yeah, yeah. I thought they were in the United States. They were. Anyway, so she's hunting. You should think about you. I didn't see anything. Until the two brothers are like, grandma. 
Was she hot to hear? Was she hot to hear? Was she hot to no, I usually, I mean, so I, um, I went bow hunting. I saw plenty of stuff. I just, uh, the only thing I saw within range was illegal to kill. It was an albino. It was very cool. Here, hold on. I'll, hold on, I'll show you a photo. It's very cool. You kind of understand why the, the Native Americans think of it as magic because it looks weird. Really so it was a doe and she was alone? No, no, it was a buck. It was a buck? Yeah. Oh my gosh. They're thick. And he's not alone. Well, well, he is alone in this video. I've seen him multiple times. But all the other bucks that were in there were in the shoes and things, he stood in front of them. He didn't know I was there. But I couldn't even clean the shirt. I've not seen wolves, I've seen uh, coyotes. Um, I'll see uh, rabbits. Um, I'll see possums every now and then. I've not seen them. I scare up a bear one time. Yeah, there's not a big thing of that. But it's kind of freaky. It looks kind of like Yeah. <laughs> 